When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Today's podcast is sponsored by June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game which transports you into a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance set in the glamorous 1920s. You'll play as June Parker as she embarks on a quest to solve her sister's murder. But that's not all. You'll let your imagination run wild as you get to customize your own luxurious estate island with expensive gardens and beautiful buildings. So, can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Trigger warning for discussions of human trafficking, child trafficking, sexual abuse, and exploitation of indigenous people. It's really interesting. We take like how we take sort of uh, terrifying, kind of precarious, violent parts of our history and turn them into fun rides that you go on at a park. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, honestly, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite rides of all time. Of course. But if a pirate was actually on that ride, he would have raped all of us. Oh my! And walking the plank, and the drowning, and the syphilis, and the disease. Oh man, so many sores. Uh, but no, we make it fun. We do the same thing with uh, gold mining and like old west stuff, where it was probably a little scary and hard. Oh yeah. But man, I am a simp. Give me a like a, a mine shaft dark ride any day of the week. I am part of the problem. Oh, where you sit in like a little thingy, and then you Love go down it. the and you're like, woo. I. Love, but you don't it. see the prostitutes with syphilis that are forced to be there. No, is that on the ride? No, no. no. And again, I am I'm a part of the problem. Welcome to someplace underneath. By the way, I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. I don't know that I can give up uh, theme dark rides. So if I thought it was actually going to help the, the situation, I I would, but. Um, uh, I don't think this is how I'm going to contribute. Oh my god, you just do like a woke ride, and people come off of there just terrified. And <laughs> yeah, like, just all of what it's act. It's like <laughs> shell shocked eyes, just like I gotta go home. Like those, uh, those like hardcore Christian haunted houses that are hell. I went to those growing up, and Did I was you? like, this is more scary than a haunted house. I'm watching a woman get an abortion with all these demons dancing around her. By the way, they love interpretive dance. The Christian groups love interpretive dance. That Kate. Bush kind of dance. Yeah. They love doing that around these actors and just like screaming about, I got to get the baby killed. And then they drag her to hell. See, like, I first off, I'm a little jealous that you got to go to those because I <laughs> never have been to one. I want a Frankenstein. I want a vampire. <laughs> well, I also think that that is 
those kids need an outlet like metal and they're not getting it. So this is their way to like do that shit. Right. I think it's a healthy human expression personally. Right. That is true. But it's not necessarily healthy to tell girls that they're going to hell for having sex. (gasps) But other than that. Yeah. So I think with the whole coal mining and the gold mining and all that stuff, I think we consider that in the U.S. as something of a bygone era. Um, at least I maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But as we will see here today, uh, the gold rushes are still a very much a thing. Alive and well. Yes. And like we were talking about earlier, we tend to think of it as like a pickaxe, like a little clown man. Yes. As the child that I am, I think of, you know, oh, it's like the seven dwarves. They go, they go and they hum and they 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 clink, clink. And then they bring out these beautiful gems for everyone. Now, sometimes it's rocks and they just clang bigger rocks on tiny rocks yeah. and then just make the smaller rocks and the rocks fly in the faces. And sometimes it's children banging the rocks together. And especially during COVID. What? Yes. Were the seven dwarves actually children? I think they were. Oh my God. I'm sorry for woke Snow White. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to change that ride too, I guess. Um, So, yeah, this is still happening. Gold mining is more of the, you know, you stick the pan in the liquid kind of thing. It's not actually in a cave, which is something I forget a lot. I think that's more like for for diamonds and stuff. So there's still very much alive and kicking. And I think that Deadwood might have been lying about how fun and whimsical gold towns are. No, yeah, it's not like a shoot them up, bang them up, everybody's got a gun. No, some people have guns and it's not the people working the mines. No. Man, I got two Deadwood references in a in a row. Great job. I'm not going to lie. In the midst of this research, which you know, Peruvian human trafficking is covered in the media, but not that much. So, you look through what you can, especially in English, to find the context. And I found this vlogger from South Africa who he and his buddy are just driving through these gorilla laden regions like gorilla warfare wow. regions in this little four door sedan with a GoPro through flooded dirt roads and like militant vans and just as Please, this can be recording everything like they're taking a tour of the Roman Colosseum. Wow. It is, to be honest, it's very obnoxious. But um, they got, they've got footage, though, right? <laughs> yeah, they got footage. I mean, I wouldn't do that, to be honest. I can't even drive a car, let alone if I get a flat tire. What am I fucking doing? I mean, these dudes are just down. They're down for it. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking. I guess they're thinking of views and they have a, a lot of followers. So good job, I guess. Um, it's a, it's pretty entitled, uh, but he also gets really a lot, a ton of organic coverage of the Peruvian countryside. So wow. honestly, I guess it's useful to utilize the confident white guy energy when you can, right? The, it is exploitative, but they're, they're generally, they're very respectful, except they're filming people without permission and uh they're going wherever they seem to want with absolutely no concerns wow Um, like it's a zoo and just like human zoos yeah and they are communicating with people um they speak fluent spanish of course you can't you wouldn't be able to do this without yeah that but yeah it's just imagine just going to peru with like my level of spanish no hola (laughs) 
in the, into the back villages in the Amazon? No, you no. You they, no. They look at me and be like, what is this gringo doing? What is get the doing fuck here? out of here. Get the um, fuck out of here. Yes. I, I think the people were very pleasant to them. And I think it's because they they spoke very fluent Spanish. That's good. So, so they're like a little bit respectful. Like I was saying, if my friend that wanted to go visit during lockdown, this place, he did not even look it up. He oh, the guy even, who got stuck? And he got stuck. I was like, dude, wouldn't you even like re- like research their language a little bit? If you're going to go visit somewhere yeah. and not just be... And like another one of my guy friends, he wanted to visit Machu Picchu, but you have to have a reservation. Yeah. But God forbid you take five seconds to review where you're fucking going. Oh my God. And he just shows up and they're like, you have to have a reservation like years in advance. And he's like, what? But well, I'm here though. But I'm here... Uh, but like, I'm here. You don't know like what people eat, where to go. Like t- five seconds, five seconds of research you to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, I mean, even just for your own self-preservation, if you're being rude and inconsiderate and entitled when you go to somewhere that is a completely different cultural experience from yours, you don't know how they're going. You don't know what is insulting to people. You don't yeah. know what they're going to take the wrong way. Yeah. And uh, you might deserve what your ass gets. <laughs> oh, I'm saying. Um, yeah, but this, so this guy, it sucks because like I really appreciate the footage that he got, but I'm just stead staring at them through the screen like, motherfuckers, did you get COVID tested mm. before you walked into these villages? Because they're not going to be able to go to the hospital if they get sick. Like, don't be a typhoid Gary. Typhoid Gary. Yeah, there's no respirators down there. No. So it was a beautiful coverage, though, of the these lands. And I, I actually genuinely appreciate it because as I'm reading through this research, it's hard. I like to be able to have a visualization of where we're going down in these in these discussions, not just talking about it like I'm reading a report off or I'm doing this. Yeah, and- you want to know where get the vibe. You want to see like culturally where people are at and to also not be not respectful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll get back to that footage. So last week we talked about one of the reasons Peru may have a high rate of missing women, which is police and government corruption and a general conservative mindset about the value of women, especially the mouthy ones. Oh, like the woman that what did she say? She's a hothead. Yeah. She was in. She was dead the whole time. They call her a hothead. She, she ran away. Yep. I hate him. I hate him. Here we have another probable culprit, the illegal mining trade. Mm. One of the biggest ports in the world is in Peru, which probably, I don't know, maybe has something to do with human trafficking as well as gold. It does. But I think actually a lot of them, people who are from out of the country come in from other countries through the Amazon. I think that's actually a huge one Um, because they... As we'll discuss and find out, they take, um, they trick indigenous women saying that they're going to give them, you know, like work that's not sex based and then they traffic them in. I've seen some of those. Like you'll go to this like town area and Mm -hmm. there's like job postings. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the ones that are like no sex work, you just clean houses. Mm -hmm. But it's like a lot of money for them. And Mm -hmm. they're just like, fuck yeah, rock and roll. And come to find out it was too good to be true for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, Most things in life are. So this is straight up from Wikipedia. Peru is a source, transit, and destination country for men, women, and children subjected to trafficking in persons, specifically forced labor and forced prostitution. Mm. Several thousand persons are estimated to be subjected to conditions of forced labor within Peru, mainly in mining, logging, agriculture, brick making, and domestic servitude. 
Many trafficked victims are women and girls from impoverished rural regions of the Amazon, recruited and coerced into prostitution in urban nightclubs, bars, and brothels, often through false employment offers or promises of education, which, fuck you, man. Indigenous persons are particularly vulnerable to debt bondage. Forced child labor remains a problem, particularly in informal gold mines, cocaine production and transportation. How horrible. I mean, that's how like another part of human trafficking is forced labor. Yes. And that's how Dubai was built. Dubai was built with human traffic, specifically men from India. They would say, hey, come here and work and build these like giant skyscrapers. And they would take their passports and they're just forced to build the and they no pay. I'm pretty sure, unfortunately, all of society is built on forced labor. Probably. But what we can do with that information is respect and understand the gravity of what came before to for us to have comfort and to try to make things better because we cannot go back in time. We can only move forward. So Peru is also a destination country for some Ecuadorian and Bolivian females in forced prostitution and some Bolivian citizens in conditions of forced labor. Oh, so Bolivian and Ecuadorian ladies, Mm -hmm. they go to Peru specifically. Wow. Well, they're taken to Peru. They're taken to Peru. uh, Specifically because of some of the things we'll talk about today. Um, Child's... I know the term child sex tourism is not I, a thing. That, it's not a thing. Can we not use that term? That's insane. That is rape tourism. Can, yeah. I, I'm sorry that doesn't sound as as quirky and is, you know, oh, it's fun and whimsical. It is rape tourism. Of children. Uh, Dude, what is fucking wrong with people? Can I, I slap know. them all? I don't know, man. What is fucking wrong? Who is like, oh, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go to Peru and have sex with a child. And then who calls it on the internet child sex tourism? Do they not? Know. Sorry, I got really mad. No, I mean that is that's straight up from Wikipedia. So that, Wikipedia that that shouldn't be a term we no. use. Um, gross, gross, ew, ew. So that is present in different sections of Peru, where you might have a big city in one section, and then. As it expands out, it goes further and further into the jungle. So there's lots of uninhabited areas or tiny villages. And then there's like one main city where, uh, you know, they have all of the modern amenities. 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 (laughs) Amenities. It's a hard word. Amenities. So traffickers reportedly operate with impunity in certain regions where there is little or no government presence. So uh, excuse me. Yeah, because, like, what is anybody going to do? And they can just control the town. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So when I read that, my first question is, huh? Why isn't there government presence? Not that I'm, like, super big fan of their government, but uh, I felt almost weird about mentioning this on a public platform because it's like, I don't want you to, anybody out there to take that as, a, like, hey, guys, it's free, free reign <laughs> over here. Um, But, you know, I'm not providing new information. It seems like this could be a bit of an issue. Um, Yeah. And again, I'm not like, oh, daddy government, help me. But it's also like, what do you mean? There's just people. It's just uh, it's it's lawless. It's I don't even want to. And I almost said Pleasure Island, and that's disgusting. That is. And the, Um, the government knows it's lawless and they're doing jack shit about it. They're kind of. Yeah, they kind of go, uh, well, we won't look over here and we'll, uh, if you maybe just don't uh, kill everybody and then we'll just leave you alone. 
Um, just don't cause any too many problems. Um, so from what I'm finding in research over and over and over again is there is beyond the obvious corruption that we'll get into a lack of communication via various branches of the government. So one of the holes is that people aren't talking to each other in the government. This is a this, we see this problem a lot in these sorts of dire situations. We saw this, in fact, with Josh Powell's case where CPS and the police weren't talking to each other about very important pieces of information they had. And it led to a disaster. That's where the hotheads are, because it's a bunch of people with a little bit of power. They're like, no, I get it. Yeah, I, I got need... it. Don't worry about I it. I got it. That's the hotheads. It it's is. not the women getting killed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Girl, sing it on, sister. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, no, for sure. And also there's no funding for a lot of the because I was looking at um, this dude had to get he had to pay his own taxi to go to this illegal gold mine and ask if there were children working there. And there were. And you know what they did? There, like a woman, a madam, went and just hid them. She went and yeah. hid them out in planes. And there's like a million little hiding nooks. Yeah. But he had to take his own taxi money out there. Yeah. They're, yes. They're, they're not throwing a ton of funding at this, partly because they, they might not. Shit. Yeah. Partly because the government is corrupted in various ways. Um, but this is a thing that's not, you know, exclusive to Peru. Like we just said, oh, in, it's in the everywhere. States, this just happened in, in these. It's fucking it's these little again, these middle management people who just you get that little fucking whiff of power and that becomes the most important thing. Yeah. Middle management corrupts, not power. Middle right. management corrupts. <laughs> and that's everywhere, baby. It's all over the world. It is everywhere. So here we see that concept on a very large scale. Just this year, uh, similar to the U.S., there has been an outcry for police reform, like we talked about last episode, though the idea of defunding the police in Peru is not really heard as often as here. They're a little bit probably it's probably a little harder to do that there. Not that we're doing it here, but at least we can talk about it. Um, yeah, I think Americans take for granted our like freedom of speech. We definitely when you compare, we we have a lot. Yeah. More. And we still have problems. Absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I can go out yes. in the middle of the street and say defund the police, fuck the police. And like, you know, it's at least a little easier here. It's a little easier. A little bit. So these plans that they have. They have these ideas about how to change things and they, they are saying they're working on it. They're focusing on more training. They're focusing on the police's uh, ability to control their emotions and an emphasis on protecting the people, which shouldn't that always have been the case, but yeah. it's not ever. Um, I'm not seeing much discussion, though, when the, the authorities are talking about these things for Peru. I'm not seeing a ton of discussion on the one thing both our country and theirs desperately needs. We need out of the police force impunity. We need to re remove the freedoms that police receive to hurt and commit crimes and get away with them. It needs to be harder for people in any sort of authority to get away with stuff because yeah, more accountability. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who go into policing are angry people. I saw a video um, and this was even done to a white guy, but a police, a cop out of nowhere fucking body slams this dude and I can hear his head crack on the ground. And the dude was doing nothing. He was just yeah. standing there. And the way he did it, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I'm looking at it and you know how everything's just a little more um, easier to handle on the phone versus real life. Yes. But even on the phone, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Why did you do this? Yeah. 
Yeah. He posed no threat. Right. And that that is the, that's the issue that we see repeatedly and and now that we have body cams and phones, this yeah. is always happening. Always. But now people are getting, cops are getting more weapons, bigger weapons, tanks, tanks. Uh Why does the cop have a tank? What's going I on? I don't know. All of our our country's money has gone to military and police at this point, which is pretty terrifying. But um you know, this is something that's also happening in Peru where you also you can start. I don't know what the age is here, but in Peru, you can become a cop at 18, which seems too young to me. Or yeah. you can go to police school at 18. I feel like police school is fine. And, but I think doesn't the military like give you more high fives or whatever if you go to college or some sort of like higher education? Wouldn't you w- want to do that as a cop as well? I I mean, I but they don't. No, I I wish that they would. I uh, wish yeah. that that would be a thing that was at least encouraged because you just you have to understand people to be any to, to protect people. You need to care about them. I guess is what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Um, yeah, and uh, you know we need to take some of that like authoritarian power away from the police and give them compassion and empathy, which is not something that I'm seeing uh, in these quote unquote reforms in Peru. So we have that. And then there is the gold industry. So 15% of Peru's total gold export is illegal. That's actually a lot. Yeah. 15% doesn't sound like a lot. That's a lot. Oh yeah. It's a lot. I don't know that the legal gold is that much better uh, environmentally, but regardless Gold export actually tops cocaine as Peru's top illegal export. And cocaine is a huge export. So I there bet. is a ton of money in gold. Who's illegal. buying that much gold? Probably us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm to trying to think of the last gold thing I bought. I mean, not not you and I, not but you the and country. I. <laughs> no, I don't have I don't have fancy jewelry. Yeah. Um, Here's my golden dress. Yeah, just very uncomfortable. <laughs> so. A reporter named Fernando Luina went undercover in and around one of these illegal mining towns. There are throughout the Amazon, there are very legally um, set up places to mine gold that Peruvian government has set up. Again, I can't speak to whether or not they're great for the environment, but these illegal gold mining setups, they are in the jungle and they are completely pretty much isolated in their own entities and they're out there. So when this reporter went in and around one of these illegal mining towns, I mean like relatively around because these things are all spaced out and there's lots of jungle and maybe one road connecting all of them. That's normal for the residents of these towns, it being the Amazon and all, of course. Yeah, they know Um, how to get around. They know what's up. Yeah. Uh, This is normal. Yeah. So some of these encampments are hours apart from each other. And while there are established towns around some of these mining setups, a lot of them have these kind of way stations that have been created for miners. I mean, this is going to be hard. Not miners, miners, Mm -hmm. gold miners. Yes. And it, but it also is where these areas is where the children, the miners are in the most danger. Oh, is it kind of like, you know, when you're driving around even America 
Um, there's like little gas stations that are like, what kind of town is this? That's why I never drive and pull off the road somewhere. Spooky. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't know what this is. Uh, yeah. I think that that's a good, uh, comparison. It's an Amazonian version of that. Yeah. I would say. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so they found this reporter and his team found when talking to sex workers and prostitutes in the actual established cities that are close by or towns that are are close by that the police have in fact regularly swept through and cleared out children if uh even though they're not going to address the trafficked adults, they they will come and ID all of the sex workers. Yeah. And if there's kids in these established towns, they make sure the kids are not there. So that sounds great at first. And then you go, wait, but hang on. First off, what happens to those kids when they get pulled off the streets? Yeah, where do they go? So I'll get back to that. The other thing is what happens when the cops come into these towns and do that is that sometimes kids are hidden or they run and then the kids understand and the traffickers understand that, okay, well, kids can't sell sex here ugh, in these established towns because the police are there. So instead of being there, what happens is some of these kids get pulled into these actual mining town shanties. In this case, the one that this reporter, Fernando Luena, went to is called or was called La Pampa. Mm. We'll talk about why I said it was called La Pampa. And these kids are probably scared. They don't know, you know, who to trust. Oh, no. they. I mean, they're I can't even imagine what they're thinking, but a lot of them probably know very little else of life. Yeah, this is um, life. Yeah. So basically, uh, I want to play you a clip of this reporter speaking to the local sex workers, but it's obviously in Spanish. So Amber and I are going to read you a transcript of this video. Hi, what's your name? Sandra. And how old are you, Sandra? I'm 25. Okay, but some of the girls here are much younger, right? There are no minors. No minors? The police come to raid this place and they take you with them if you're underage. They ask for IDs and for health certificates. You'll find youngsters in a place called La Pampa. La Pampa, right? That's what I've heard, but I'm scared of that place. It's miners over there, right? It's full of miners who spend all their money they make. And over there, it's full of young girls, right? Yes, sometimes they go there to make money for only a day or two because they know it's dangerous. But then they can get killed for 500 sol, which is the equivalent of $150. 
They deceive you in order to get you there. And once you're there, you might not come back. So people will, just to reiterate, they'll even like kill somebody for money? People in these mining, yeah, in the mining, illegal mining villages, people die on a daily basis. They're murdered regularly. But you could um, go to a pimp and be like, here's a, a 500 souls. I want to kill a young girl. Maybe. I don't know what she was inferring. I don't know what that meant. But I think that what she's basically saying is that because the police are coming to take away minors who are trafficked in this town, the miners then go to an even scarier place where the police are too scared to go. Wow. If the cops are too scared to go there. Yeah, it's fucked. It's got to be scary. Yeah. And the miners, they just want to make a little bit of money. They don't. This is their life. Right. And we'll talk about that, too. That the miners who are actually in the, the water, you know, doing the work are not the heads of this. So La Pampa was a notorious mining shanty. It was essentially a lawless town. The sex workers, as you just heard, talk about it like you're watching the first act of a found footage horror movie. Yeah. Or just, you know, going, uh, you can go to La Pampa, but we don't go there. Beware. Like that kind of, I mean, like straight up saying that that's shit. That's like a man at a gas station being like, yes. you don't go down that road. I mean, yeah, this, that's what they're doing. And this is where the children go. <sighs> this this video footage was only from a couple years ago, by the way. Uh, I believe 2017. And yeah, so this is, these are the kind of joints that the cops don't fuck with. They stay in the, the established towns that are nearby, quote unquote, but these, they know where it is and they don't go there generally. The illegal mining trade is unsurprisingly run by militant gangs. Not that the government places aren't also fucked up, but they have to at least present the idea that they're trying to eliminate child trafficking so and human trafficking. So essentially the girls are then trafficked to the worst place, whereas sex workers say they are sometimes killed with little or no consequence. Ugh. The footage of these places is so strikingly similar to how old West towns look and looked. So basically, the way that I've watched it, it's like it's a town that's established. Then you go deeper into the the into the thick, and then it's a town, but it's kind of a rickety town. And those ones look like the old West. They have the same even kind of style buildings, and it, it's the same. I mean, it all looks the same. They have, you know, their stores and their hotel and all that. And then the, the way it doesn't look like the Old West, though, is that they have created electricity. They have power grids and you will see big neon posters. Maybe don't have words on them, but it's a big poster of a sexy lady. So this is not even the mining shanty. This is the step above that. Oh, yeah. If they have power and neon signs and electricity, it's got to be somewhat on the grid. I mean, even the... Um, even I can't the, create a light bulb. No. Uh, even the mining shanties have electricity. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, we get electricity in the middle of the Amazon? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So during the same documented footage, which is from 2017, like I said, the reporter followed the guy who is the government's representation in charge of busting trafficking in the area of the gold town. You heard that correctly. There is a one guy, singular person. Oh, great. So I'm sure he doesn't have a hard job at all. No, 
No. He is assisted by four policemen, but essentially it's five people who are tasked with trying to find trafficked girls in this area. You know, when we were first doing like demos on this show, Mm -hmm. and I think I did a cooking video and like my whole joke was like, imagine working for the FBI or people in charge and there's just like paper everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then like, I think there's a missing persons case recently. And then it was literally like paper everywhere Mm -hmm. in this guy's office. Yeah. So like this guy, this one dude, I mean, I can't even imagine just the work... The paper, the mess. Not only that, just the extreme danger he's in every time he does this. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like I said, La Pampa was almost lawless. That murder was a daily occurrence and it was an extreme danger to pretty much anybody who went there. And so 50% of people reported trafficked in Peru are under the age of 17, those who are over the age of 17 may experience even less help. Oh, yeah, because so, they're just looking for kids. Yeah. So these guys, these this handful of guys who go into this, they're mostly looking for minors, minors. I know. Yeah, you were going to keep. <laughs> so traffickers post help wanted ads, like you were saying, in the, the midtowns, the ones that look like the old West and you know, saying they need waitresses or shopkeepers and women looking for steady work want to, you know, they'll reach out and go like, oh, please, I'd love to be a server. I'd love to make this money. And a lot of times they're speaking to a woman because that's you who feel makes you feel safer. safe. Yeah. Then they are removed and they're taken to a smaller place or a different town. You're like, wait, I thought it was going to be a waitress in this other town. And no, then no. very, very quickly, uh, you know, these women are being interviewed and it's pretty r- rapid. They just go, no, you're going to have sex with people. I mean, like it even happens here. Like when I first yeah. moved to L.A., I needed money mm-hmm. so bad. So I go on this like Craigslist kind of ad and they're like, we just need ladies to like entertain. Mm-hmm. And like a, uh, they, it was for bartenders because I have bartending experience. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll go bartend. So I get in there and it's this club in the middle of nowhere. And this guy says, so you're going to dance with men. And I was like, wait, I'm here to bartend. And he was like, no, you're going to come dance with men. And I think I had to charge my phone. So I had to stay there because I couldn't, I didn't have a car and I had to like call. So I was like, I had to give the tour of this fucking place. So my phone was charging. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, men are going to ask you to go to the hotel. You politely decline. And then he winked. And I was like, oh, you're just saying that for the paperwork. Dad. So I just like got my phone. I got the fuck out of there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I've had those sort of not the same, but similar experiences, especially back in my model mayhem days. That's a a website. I think that still exists, but it was where, you know, you could find photographers and models. I used to get DMs all the time for things that very quickly you realize, oh, they want me to have sex with this person. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I went in to do like when I was an actor. God, God bless the young girls going in entertainment. Mm. But I was like going to go be an actor and like this guy was going to I was going to audition for him and he just wanted me to twirl with my skirt and like show my panties. And I said, no, I'm uncomfortable with that. And he said, "Okay, you can leave. And then the next girl comes in and she just like opens her legs and she's like, I'm ready. (gasps) And I could see her pussy. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, let's get back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's that it's just everywhere. It's just people it taking advantage. Yes, it is for sure. Here, whenever this happens, unfortunately, they can't grab their phone and take a cab. They are 
They're stuck. Stuck. And you're in the fucking, like, where am I going to go walk? I could even walk. LA's hard to walk. I could still walk. What am I going to, like, walk across a river? Alone. There's snakes in the river. Not only that, but you could be easily killed and nobody would even nobody know where you are. Nobody would know. A bug would kill me. Yeah, it's I mean, the fucking Amazon. If we're talking about you and I, yes, any <laughs> we wouldn't know what things would kill us. I'd be such a prissy little bitch pot. Although I did, somebody did send me a message saying that poison dart frogs on Twitter. I, I'm sorry, I don't have your handle on on hand, but poison dart frogs are actually poison based on their diet. So if they're captured, they're not poisonous anymore. Isn't that crazy? Huh? If they eat different food. That's what a person on Twitter told me, and I choose to believe it without checking. Absolutely. So, yeah, many times, again, they don't have any way of leaving the circumstance once they have been trafficked. Often, if they've been thrown into this life and they grow older and they've been there so long, they feel resigned to it sometimes, I think. Um, Just the way you adjust to any abusive environment, you just sort of make the best of it. So these women, as they grow older, might help run the brothels. And while there may be many women in distress at these places, the madam of sorts will really only get in trouble if they are caught selling a minor for sex, if they're caught at all. So these the, the five guys I was just mentioning, they are really incredibly brave to go into this environment, but it's not really enough to combat this issue. It's not at all enough to combat this issue, I should say, nor is it probably the best way to go about it from a human rights view, in my opinion. Not only that, there really isn't any precedent for trying to deal with women, adult women who are in these camps. When you go into the heart of the illegal mining setup, it's really nothing more than a shanty village. So when we finally go from the the established towns to the old west towns to the camps. Yeah, we're just talking like a tent. It is it. Well, it's like basically these there's structures, there's huge structures. They're made out of tree trunks and they are mostly the walls are mostly tarps. Mm-hmm. So they are tense, but it's they, bigger. There, yeah. There's a huge system of them, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of people sleeping together in the same room from what I saw and like little bitty curtain things to separate. Yeah. There's no real infrastructure because these are set up to be wherever miners are finding gold and they are, again, illegal. So they can't really like put down roots. Yeah, you're set up so you can like move it the next day. Or, you know, if you're going to get something's going to happen or get raided, you can pull things apart quickly, whatever. To me, it looks those those towns look a bit like a, a cross between like a flea market and a bunch of like FEMA tents set up after a disaster. There are little cubbies that sell food and T-shirts, like in the flea market sense of it, you know, or snacks for the miners, the coal miners, the gold miners, (laughs) the gold miners. And there are um, then there are these cubbies that have big signs, again, featuring clip art of a sexy woman. You go through the bed sheets that act as the front door in these tent setups And there are long series of hallways of tarps where makeshift rooms are created and there are cots laid out several to a room most of the time, like you said. A length of rope is usually seen hung between two wooden poles and you'll find women's clothes are strung along it acting as a clothes hanger. In the front or back of these, these structures is a big room and it's filled with plastic lawn chairs. This is where the illegal miners can uh, 
you know, come together with these women, make some deals and go into the rooms and it's where they spend their pittance. The girls and women are given even a fraction of that pittance. The going rate in this documentary footage in 2017 was usually less than a dollar a pop. Oh, my God. So. Oh, my God. I keep saying what this place, La Pampa, in past tense. Uh, so it's gone now. Um, they just took the tents and moved it somewhere else, probably. No, actually, what actually brought an end to this town was kind of scientists. Hmm. This is from nature.com. La Pampa was once the largest and most dangerous gold mining zone in the Peruvian Amazon, so riddled with gangsters that scientists dared not enter. For nearly a decade, they could only watch by satellite as gold hunters mowed down some of the most biodiverse rainforests on the planet. That ended in February 2019 when the government declared martial law and expelled an estimated 5,000 miners. Now, La Pampa is deserted and under military guard. When Silman and his colleagues surveyed the area for the first time in late June, they found a barren, eerily quiet landscape polluted with mercury, a toxic byproduct of mining. The data that the researchers collected on this inadvertent experiment could help to determine the exact extent to which restoration is possible or document the evolution of an entirely new and man-made ecosystem. So... Ooh, there was a movie about that. I forget what it was, but these miners and they were like using it looked like mercury and they all got fucked up. Uh, Well, that is a thing that mercury is a like that just said is a byproduct of when you're turning the gold or like getting it out. I don't really know the process, but I know that it causes mercury poisoning. Yes. In the rivers. In the rivers. And if you do it long enough as a person, you you probably also can get it poisoned. It eats your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, there was a movie. I don't know what movie that I is. I forget because I saw so many Old West movies researching for the Old West for the Brighter Side, the other podcast I run. Oh. And, um, so, you know, whenever you see so much, you're like, I don't know what it was. Yeah. I don't know what movie. Yeah. But it, it is a thing that happens with gold mining. Oh, yeah. Um, so essentially, it wasn't these trafficked people. It was the science community demanding that they do something because the, I mean, the illegal mining is decimating sections of the rainforest. Like yeah. what you you see the photos of it and it's just jungle, jungle, jungle. And then it looks like a huge bald spot with all these pools of different colored water based uh, on they have to, I guess, rip everything out to get the gold. It's doing to the Amazon what it does to human skin. Like it just take, makes holes in your body. Yeah. And it, it so basically when the government came in finally and then got everybody out of there, scientists come in and then they kind of assess, OK, how bad's the damage? What can we do? What can nature do? How do we make sure that this kind of can come back? OK, so. Fortunately and unfortunately, it took preservationists pleading to dismantle the mining operation. The fortunately part is because it's gone. And that's good as somebody who is caring about the rainforest destruction. Good. But unfortunate that it wasn't about at all the human rights violations. No, they only cared because the land, the yeah. wealthy land was being destroyed. Fuck the children. Yeah. Literally. So... It is entirely true that mining decimates the area which gold is present. It's so weird <laughs> to me. It's just such a weird concept to think about something in the dirt and rocks that human eye is drawn to 
is a shiny object that can cause this level of pain and oh, destruction. It's my precious. Yeah. That's what we are. We're all Gollum. We my really precious. are. And obviously gold has other uses, but the glamour of it, the the draw of the shininess is what causes the greed. These guys who are mining in the illegal trade, again, are still making next to nothing. These guys who are in the dirt getting the gold out, they're not getting rich. No, um, they're not the sellers. In the grand scheme of things, though, these guys, it's more money than they would otherwise ever see in their lives. It's not like they have a bunch of opportunities. Yeah, nowhere else to go. It's really like the, you know, one or two dudes in the top that are like getting the gold mm -hmm. and selling it. They make the money and then they, you know. And they're not living in the gold town. No, they're, they're not, not living, living in the little mining. They're living in shanty. a palace in, in Lima, I'm guessing. Probably. So if you think the government came in and fixed out all the problems with guns, nah. you would be incorrect. It was the nerds. But also the nerds were only <laughs> concerned with the dirt. <laughs> um, so the people just move into a different section of the rainforest is typically what happens. Not maybe not the same exact people, but right now neighboring Brazil, for example, is in a fight for its life with the indigenous people at the helm trying to fend off the gangs from illegal mining. Not only the gangs, but also the government, which we'll talk about in a second. So when the cops do manage to find the traffic girls in regards to this documented footage I was talking about, what happens to them? In this case, the girls would be taken to the nearby city of Puerto Maldonado, which is the capital of this section of Peru. Very similar to the U.S., they have these sort of, you know, safe house shelters for kids that are meant to serve as a temporary stop onto... What? Is there somebody teaching them a trade? I mean, it, are they, they getting food? The footage of it, they seemed very lovely. They okay. seemed very safe and warm and they had, you know, privacy and... Good. So hopefully, I don't know how good their programs really are for these kids. They're not great here. There's not always a good solution in Peru. Often, if the kid has already made it into this trafficked situation... Their family may have sent them there or they may have been uh, there might have been violence in their home or sexual abuse yeah. already. A lot of human trafficking is like kids running away from a bad mm -hmm. home and or being some, sold or being sold. Yeah. And yeah. then the people are like, I'll help you. And they don't. Yeah. This is not always the case. Of course, some of these kids have very loving and um, very probably uh, sad families who are looking for their kids. But it's not uncommon for kids to find themselves in that scenario because of violence at home. So much like the U.S., there isn't a ton of great solutions in this scenario. At least a little bit better than where they came from. Yes. I think at least they have a 5% chance of getting, at least they're in a city. Again, they're not isolated in the jungle. I do imagine that some of these kids, though, get right back into the streets eventually and they find their way back into the only trade they've ever learned. You know, but hopefully you're right that they are there are programs and I'd love to actually look into that and see what they have for kids. Yeah. Um, coming like out of that situation. Anything. How to do nails, how to be. But I know I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so <clears throat> this area where the uh, La Pampa was and where this uh, Puerto Maldonado is, this area is a huge section of Peru called Madre de Dios. It's the big old region where. Um, these little, you know, they have a city, like I was saying, and then they have these many small towns, way stations, and then it's just lots of rainforest. It's one of the most 
you know, lush and rich parts of the developed part of Peru. And nearly all of it is supposed to be preserved and also sectioned off as a reservation for indigenous folks. Okay, good. It's not going great. Oh. Um, that's a lot of where the illegal mining was and stuff oh, is shit. supposed to be where. Because I was picturing people just kind of like living in harmony in the Amazon. Well, there is that. But unfortunately, some of those people are the women who get taken to the sex trade or slave labor. Okay. Um. So, you know, that's what we're having. Sometimes the, the area is getting depleted from illegal mining, but sometimes it's the government. For example, in Brazil, their vile, vile far-right president, President Bolsonaro, uh, who famously once shoved a female fellow politician and said she wasn't good enough to rape on camera. Cool dude. Yeah, he seems he seems cool. I mean, um, can more can we just have guns for hands as women? <laughs> just kill him. If a man touches, I mean, I get because he's like a very powerful dude. You can't just like break his kneecaps on camera. But can't you? Can you? Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of being pushed around here. Well, give me guns for hands. <laughs> they should be afraid. I mean, I don't know. Maybe me in the in our country, we are just filled with guns and doesn't seem to be helping anything. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, he, he he has a very strong following. He's again like the uh, like Fujimori from last episode. He has a strong hold of a very selective percentage. It's a very Trumpy. He and Trump were very, you know, they were buddies. He says very incendiary things. And some people like, I like how he says it how it is. And uh, but does horrible shit. So basically he has been kind of um, accused of taking the rainforest to the point where it almost can't come back for money. Like he's allowing people to deforest the rainforest to such an extent that environmental scientists are saying it will collapse the entire ecosystem um, if you don't stop. Yeah, it's kind of a vital thing, the rainforest. Yeah. We so kind of need that oxygen. Yeah. So the government's often making, it's not just the illegal mining setups that are causing the I mean, the this problems. is like the marshmallow test, which I think has been proven to be problematic. You would know the marshmallow test, right? Uh-uh. So a kid is like given a marshmallow and they said, the adult says, uh, you can eat this now. And oh, that's oh, yes, like the psychological test. Yeah, yeah. or I'm going to come back later, you get to. I mean, come to find out the kids from poor backgrounds were like, fuck you, I'm eating the marshmallow. I don't trust you, of yeah. course. Yeah. But I mean, I guess like he's just taking the marshmallow now. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Th- that's, I think that's sort of the MO of that kind of guy where they're just like, everything for me today, not my problem tomorrow. Somebody else's problem. Yeah, you should be <clears throat> planting the oak tree, sir. Sir, (laughs) sir, plant the oak tree. It's something you won't enjoy now, but your children will love the oak tree and their children. Well, his children, again, like the other dudes like this, are in politics and are awful people. Nepotism. All of his family is in it. So that's a story for another podcast. (laughs) Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. My question is, when the military comes into these mining towns, how do they handle the women in these brothels? If we look at La Pampa, for example, when the military showed up to raid the illegal mining towns in 2019, there were roughly 25,000 people in those makeshift shanty towns around the mines. That's a lot. Yeah. There was reportedly uh, around 1,500 children. The statistic didn't note how many of those kids were just people's children and how many were trafficked. Yeah, how are you going to figure that out? Um, Somebody should have, but I I haven't been able to find anything saying how many were which. Articles about the military takeover mostly seem focused on the environmental side of things, which, hey, I get it. I am so down with nature. Yeah, Um, let's preserve this. I'm, I'm grateful that scientists have come in, try to fix this, but... There haven't, I have not been able to find anything that is focusing on amidst all this interaction. This involves not only around the clock military presence, but the process of literally blowing up the shanties and the miners equipment with dynamite. Oh, my God. But no, where are the people? Where are the thousands of women, many of whom have may have already been considered missing by their families? Where are they? Are they being treated as criminals somewhere? If they were trafficked adults, are they now sitting in a prison cell? Like, where are they? And this is a lot of people. It's a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of kids. And most of the um, coverage of this is centered around the environmental aspect. The people seem to be sort of just an after, not even an afterthought, really. So uh, the very little that I could find even discussing the humans in this scenario, I found an article from The Guardian. A week after the raid, a heavily armed convoy carrying Fabiola Munoz, the agriculture minister, stopped in La Pampa. The principal objective of this operation is that the people understand they can't be here, she said. Behind her, technicians mounted pylons to take down an electrical transformer, leaving a whole block cut off from the grid. Entire families are here because they need to work, Munoz said. We can offer them work, decent work, but somewhere else. Miners in La Pampa who want to join the formal economy can move to a designated mining corridor zone further west, Munoz said, on three conditions. No mercury, no child labor, and no people trafficking. The people who we find here are not the ones who run the mining activity, who launder the money, she insisted. The people here are the workers. What we have to do is follow the clues to catch those who are really moving this illegal economy. Which, I, all of that sounds great. It sounds um, good. She sounds like a like rational, badass person. Right. No mercury, uh, no people trafficking, no child labor. Yeah, and I don't know what her record is with actually doing good things, if she's just talking out her ass or not. But yes, those are all words that I like to hear. Um, <laughs> so essentially, she's saying those workers in those camps who simply want a paycheck, like, hey, we can give you that over in this regulated mining, because at the end of the day, 
them coming in and blowing shit up maybe is better for the Amazon, but it's the poorest people who will suffer that. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's human traffickers in that mix and people who are perfectly ex- fine having sex with a child, but the big dogs, the launderers and the heads of those rings aren't the ones living in these hovels. They are somewhere else. Yeah, these are the, pe- the people making the actual money. Go after them, but I bet they're tied in with government. Probably. You know, that's probably why you can't really, you'll go after the poor people all day, but the yeah. people that are actually causing this. Yeah. Which is another thing that like the uprising in Peru is about, it seems, is like we see all of this corruption happening. Yeah. Um, We see you. We fucking see you. We see you, bitch. So they shouldn't. Those people should definitely not be there for environmental reasons, but probably the government regulated mines shouldn't be there, arguably. Anyway, and that is this really helping trafficking? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really seem that much like it's helping. We need to get that South African guy down back there. (laughs) Recording all this. This young child man boy. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's just not much written on it, which is crazy to me because we're talking thousands and thousands of people missing. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems for the most part to be like a little footnote um, in this discussion. So I mentioned that, you know, that boy, the travel vlog at the top, right? I also found this YouTube channel. um, And this is why I want to talk about, you know, our blame as our society, our contribution to this problem. I found this YouTube channel that consisted of a guy giving tips on different places that offer sex tourism. How is that legal on YouTube? Can't they take that down? I think it's because he very has very specific wording, but this is just a public YouTube channel. He had 32,000 followers. Look, I'm not here to sex shame anyone. A not in distress sex worker is a noble job, which deserves respect. Oh, yeah. The thing that made this guy's channel feel gross and kind of creepy was that each of his videos was about places that are notorious for human trafficking and child abuse. When he is giving these video talks, he's using terms like girls and gals. He never explicitly says women. And to me, it almost feels like a code. This is just straight up on YouTube right now. Whoa. Um, and if it's on YouTube, can you imagine the code, quote unquote code, that's all around us? Yeah. And and this isn't even like, I'm not talking about QAnon always saying pizza. It means kid. Like he's <laughs> just not He's saying girls and he's saying it without saying like he, he he's referring to places that are notorious for human trafficking and, and child trafficking. And he's not going, please make sure you go to a regulated brothel. He's like talking in a way he goes straight on um, for 13 minutes straight discussing what streets to use, bars to go to, what to avoid, what to not avoid. Uh, and then graphically talking about how much he was paying for oral and stuff like that. And he sounds gross. Yeah. He sounds dead. like somebody you'd meet on Tinder. He's dead, so don't worry he's about dead? it. He's dead? Yeah. Good. That's what I learned from the comments on his channel. He had died during Did heart a surgery. human trafficker fucking shanty kill him? No, I think he died in surgery. Okay. Um, wait, I wanted to show you, Amber, this guy. So, Ew, that guy's a sex addict. I mean, sex addicts are fine. I don't want to blame him, but he's like a nasty, nasty man. His eyes look corroded with evil. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to sex shame anybody, but no, I get anybody. a really weird vibe from him. I get yeah. an uncomfortable vibe from this guy. Um, and but he, sex again, is are dead. cool if that's what you want, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But this guy looks like he's abusing people, like taking advantage of people. I am very harshly judging him, but uh, 
He's dead. I am, and he's dead. So, um, Ugh, he does right. look like a guy like in the cul-de-sac who you know you go borrow his lawnmower and he like winks at you. You know what I mean? Or he's like a little <laughs> yeah. inappropriate, and my mom would be like, "Don't talk to him." Yes. Yeah. That neighbor, you never go to his house. You don't go trick or treating over there. Mm-mm. You just mind your business. You polite, just smile, stay away. Yeah. He does look like that kind of. This is an American guy. He's talking to a bunch of other Americans and presumably international people giving explicit instruction on how to handle going into these questionable areas of consent. So in 2019, that was when he posted a video about how to navigate Lima, Peru. Uh, And Lima is known for trafficking. So I also I went and I just Googled sex tourism in Peru as just a Google search. And the very first thing that comes up is a website that advertised meeting the opposite sex in Peru. Here's the first sentence that appears on this website. Most men are attracted to the beautiful, young and caring Peruvian women ensnaring their counterparts by being so different to the cold North American and European women. Yeah, that's that's because <laughs> I've seen these like pickup artist types and they always want to go to these places to get women because they say American women are so cold and hostile. I'm like, no, I think we're just like expected. Um, just don't grab us. Yeah. You know, they want to go after like women that are in, in sex trafficking. Right. So and this, they don't they don't get it. And and again, a willing sex worker is cool. It's great. That's However, an actual job. And like God bless you. But a lot of these women so, are not willing. So basically this the first website that comes up on a Google search, it does have a very incelly sort of tone to it. The next paragraph goes on to say, on the other hand, some of these cold North American and European women are excited to make the acquaintance of a hot and passionate Latino. There are thousands of young or a little bit more mature and honest Peruvians looking for either the love of their life or just to have some fun. Both may find what they are looking for on either numerous dating websites or when visiting Peru. That's gross. And there are a lot of like specific Peru come and like pick up women and it's very specific to Peru because of this shit. Yeah. Um, it, this website goes on then to explain how to protect yourself as a sex tourist, which I guess, good. Uh, to be clear, prostitution is legal in Peru over the age of 18. Women or men who are there on their own whims of their own accord working in the sex trade is totally chill in my book. I would say it's totally trill in my book even. <laughs> The problem is that so many of them are not there of their own accord. In fact, the vast majority still work outside the legal sex trade. So legal brothels are registered and they have regulations. Most sex workers do not work in those. I don't have the statistics, but I would imagine the majority of the trafficked people are not in the regulated sectors. Yeah. So if a pimp or trafficker is caught selling a child, the sentence is usually four to eight years in jail. This does literally nothing to combat anything. It's sort of going like, no, and then you have to go sit in jail and then you come out and you do the same thing and kids are not protected in any way. It's just, it's not helping. Sex trafficking happens to both the indigenous people of Peru and the impoverished women from other countries whose traffickers use Peru as a sort of stopping point due to the lax rules and limited surveillance around the Amazon. If you have to go to the Amazon to get laid, how weak is that dick game? Uh, You know, I don't think you're I think you need to go to therapy, probably. But 
I guess this is also an option of things you can do. Uh, I know this sounds all like doom and gloom, but again, not to pat the South American kid on the back, this man, boy, but he did just go and observe these communities in a very organic way. And most people are just living their lives. They're happy. They're going about their business. They're playing football, working in stores, laughing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, they're happy. They're people. Yeah. They're just towns. But because they are in the middle of nowhere and they don't have a, you know, a, a, they're, they're not as I don't want to say developed because I think that they have they have beautiful towns they're as they in are. Their own way, their own culture. They don't have the same sort of like literal physical protection that you might have in a city. They are more at risk. But we have to remember that in our society, we're contributing to the suffering of these women and girls, as well as boys and a small percentage of men. Sex tourism can be above the board, like I said, it can be legal, but that name more often than not is directly linked to places that are renowned for trafficking. The term alone, sex tourism, not to get on my fucking women's studies cap, uh, (laughs) objectify, they objectify the sex worker because sex tourism makes it sound like you're going to see an object. And Oh, like, yeah, 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 like whale tourist. Right. So what are we supposed to do about this, right? Peru has been considered a tier two consistently for 10 years. What the fuck is that, Natalie? Well, this is a this is a whole ass system that was created by the United States that is rife. Rife, I say, with problems. We created this. So there is a thing, the United States Department of State of Office to monitor and combat trafficking in persons is a thing that we have. There is a trafficking in persons report that comes out and countries are labeled tier one, tier two, tier three. There's a lot of controversy around it. I don't know that it actually helps anything. And it also is set around a set of rules that like the U.S. senators and people have created in our country instead of taking a worldwide acceptance of what is considered basic human rights and basing it on that so it's like it's like the gov it's like the u.s is going like this is what we think you should do it probably swamped with work also i mean it sounds like everybody's swamped with work yeah yeah yeah. and then traffickers are like ha 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 you're too busy i i get away with it (laughs) i think that is the case right i think yeah that is essentially what is happening but um yeah so their tier two is is not the best tier Tier one is the best tier, but also I, I don't know that labeling this does anything to help change it. What's who's tier three? Tier three is there are problems, but the country is not doing anything to try to stop it. Tier two is there are problems, but the country is trying to work on it. So for 10 years, that's where Peru has been. I Again, does that mean much? I don't think so, but there is movement happening. So what the fuck are we supposed to do about it? Well, support the groups that are rising up in the progressive movements that already exist in Peru, for one. Listen to the people who are there and what they're asking for. We talked a lot about those groups on the last episode, and we'll definitely talk about them on part three of Peru. And um, I think that's where we'll go for today. That was a lot of info. Oh, it's a lot. My head is swimming and I'm like over here, over here. I'm mad and I don't know. Just know that there are people fighting for the goodness, that it's not just this hopeless situation and that there is movement happening. And and the more we, as we talk about it, it that will help move things along as a people. Just 
this alone talking about it is helpful. We're helping, Amber. We're <laughs> helping. We are. Uh, no, but I mean, I think I think us as a as group, including the yeah. listeners, hearing about this, going, oh, this is not acceptable. We should probably, as, as a culture and society, help change this because we're contributing to this problem by having dudes like that guy on the YouTube channel who's giving guys hints how to uh, go to places where people are being trafficked to have sex. That's crazy. And also, like, Peru's talking about it. You know, like, so if I just listen to the groups, right. you listen, I just got to listen. Listen to them. Listen to the, the women who are, are saying this is fucked up, brah. That's what they're saying. So, yeah, let's finish there so we don't get swarmed with information. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining me this week. You can follow me at The Natty Jean and follow the show at Someplace Underneath. Amber? Amber Smelson, S-M-E-L-S-O-N, all across the board. Also, The Brighter Sides, my other podcast, all about positivity. And uh, we are Amber and Natalie, saucy, pert, and greasy as always. Yeah. Bye. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 